You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question comes from Colin. He writes, hey, Michael, my fiance and I are getting married in December and we are moving to Bowling Green, Kentucky. We've both gone to the same church our entire lives and we'll be starting the process of looking for a church home. I just wanted to ask you for some guidance and how to find the right church and how to separate necessities as in non-negotiables from preferences, as well as overcoming pride and the expectations of what we've already experienced Boy. in a church our whole lives and being disappointed when a church isn't exactly that. Hope that makes sense. Wow. That last part about pride and expectations. I mean, that's like 90% of the American church's problem, I would say, is that we come to a church with expectations of how it should be, how it will serve us. And we walk away disappointed and very insightful. Keep doing it anyway. They probably already found a church because this came yeah. in a while back. Yeah. So we apologize. <laughs> yeah. We thought this it was is a December, great question. Uh... This is a great question. Yeah. A couple things. When you grew up at Emmanuel Bible Church in Springfield, yeah. Virginia, mm-hmm. did that form everything you looked forward? That I looked for. Did it forge the way you looked at churches from then on? Yeah. 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 It was a baseline. And I had to learn, you know, went to college, had to figure out how to find a church that I yep. liked in college. And then I had to redo that again in grad school. And then I had to do that again. You know, I, I was tr- I was pretty transient from 18 to 25. I would say it got easier. Okay. But in the beginning, when you have a preacher daddy, you know, you, well, well, but well, and, and either, you know, a PK can either... Love it you know, or hate it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I loved it. And I thought you were, or I still think you are a phenomenal <laughs> Bible teacher. So... That made it very challenging because no one was going to preach like my dad. We were involved in, before I was, you know, as my job, a pastor, we were involved in churches, your mom and I, that were very formidable during our seminary years with Ed Bloom as a teaching elder at Trinity Fellowship, Bethel Independent Presbyterian Church in Houston, where I got bread and buttered. Then, of course, when we went from seminary, went to be a pastor. Yeah. So Grand Prairie, Virginia, then of course a time in Chicago with Moody and now here with two different churches in Tennessee. So we've had a little bit of all of it. And I would say number one, if, if I'm looking for a church today, I'm going to, do they open this book yeah. and go through a paragraph or a chapter or a section? And I'm not even anti-topical preaching. I mean, it's not my preference, right? but if you're going to do a series on marriage, Am I looking at the key passages? Right. If you're going to do a series on work and wealth and prosperity, are you teaching from the Bible right. or just kind of cherry <laughs> picking verses? Yeah. It's harder and harder to find a church where the Bible is really the, the focus of the service. Mm-hmm. So if I visit somewhere and the guy in opening the scripture and teaching from it, mm-hmm. I probably not going to last. Now, there might be a Sunday school program that's got a great guy that, and you find this a lot. Yeah, He's been teaching scripture for 20 years and he knows this stuff. Yep. And it's a huge class or it's a very, you know, well-known class. So doctrinally, is the Bible clearly taught? Obviously, look for the statement of faith. Look for the anything that, this is interesting too, Hannah. The churches today don't have much on their website. Oh, Yeah. If you ask, look for their statement of faith or belief, some churches don't even post it. Oh, yeah. If you look at their leadership, they don't even post if mm-hmm. they have elders or mm-hmm. a session or deacons. It's just the pastor's page. Mm-hmm. And that is a little off-putting to me. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't have your statement online because mm-hmm. that's the way the world communicates. So, And I know there's reasons for that because sometimes you might not want all that documentation to be exposed. Right. But there needs to be a pretty robust statement of faith. Mm-hmm. If it's not clear... Then, you know, for example, if you're not into charismatic theology and they don't make a statement, 
you don't know what you're getting into. Right. If you're right. looking for that right. and they're cessationist, you ought to know that. Right. So things like that. Third is what do they do with their overall ABCs, attendance, building, cash? Mm. If a church is static in its growth, that tells me something. Now, mm. if it's a rural community, sure. we have to take that into account. But if you're in a, a growing area of any kind and the church is static, ask the question why. Mm. Building. The building should be at 85% capacity. Now, why does this matter, Michael? If you're not reaching people for Christ and growing, it's static, mm-hmm. then that to me is an indicator. Is it mm-hmm. a showstopper? No, mm-hmm. an indicator. And then thirdly, cash. How do they handle their money? Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't put that on the web, but if I was attending somewhere, right. I'd want to walk in and say, can I see the budget? Yeah. And they should show it to you. Yeah. If not, there's something that... And, and granted, I'm not going to make photocopies of what the pastor's salary is, but right. there should be an open bookkeeping that should be done. done. So theology and biblical, number one, mm-hmm. that's where everything flows mm-hmm. from. And then I'm looking at the ABCs. Depending on your age of life, you can have kids, they have mm-hmm. kids programs. Mm-hmm. What do they do with those kids? Mm-hmm. Is it babysitting? Or are they actually teaching them the stories of scripture? Yeah. I, I'm appalled when a church doesn't have a curriculum for the great Bible stories for kids. Yeah, Daniel in the lion's den, the creation, the flood. I mean, yeah. goodness, why wouldn't you have those stories for kids to learn? Because a lot of us learned those, right? Right. And they become important. Those are some you know broad strokes. Biblical theology, first and foremost, Find their doctrinal statement, mm-hmm. what they believe. Ask some questions. Mm-hmm. If they're not clear on end times and you are, ask some questions. Mm-hmm. Can you live with that? Yeah. Now, lastly, I'll say my wife has a real estate rule of thumb, 80-20, yep. 90-10. Yep. If you can find a house 80% love, 20% don't like, yep. what of that 20% can you fix? Yep. 90-10, buy the house. Right, right, right. Because right, you're right. never going to find a house that's 100%. 100%. Yeah. So in a church, you got 90-10. I have a friend that goes to a church that holds a different view of baptism than he holds, mm-hmm. but everything else about it he loves. Yep. And that's what is there for him. Yeah. He's told the pastor, yep. you're wrong. That's what he said. Yeah. You're wrong about this. <laughs> and they're friends. Yeah. But he won't become a member mm. because of that. Mm. Well, there's no options for him. Mm-hmm. And we can play that out a lot of different ways. If it's bad theology, if it's a hobby horse, I wouldn't go, Yeah. obviously. But... In an area like they're moving to, there's going to be lots of options to yeah. check out. And yeah. I would say, check if you land on one, go two or three months. Yeah. See, how do they treat you? How do they treat kids? Yeah. What's the pastor like yeah. after he gets out of the pulpit? Yeah. Um, so you're looking for a family of God, mm-hmm. which you can say, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm proud in, in the biblical sense to be a part of the family of God that resides at this location. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about, I mean, something I often tell people as a third is kind of like, find your people. Like I think in Nashville when there, I mean, there are so many churches in Nashville. Um, (laughs) I think there is a sense of like, like I've had, you know, friends say, well, we really, the Bible teaching here is the best. Mm. Like all our friends go to this church. And my thing at the end, I'm like, if that person's Bible teaching is the best, you can listen to it every single Monday when it's posted on their church podcast. But if all of your friends are at this church community and it's still biblical, like obviously if it's heretical, don't go to that church. But if this is where your people are, you need... And that's fine. You can have us friends in another church, but then you need to be making friends in this church. Like where you are attending on Sunday, you need to be serving, you need to be giving your money, and you need to have relationships with people in that body. So if you 
are going to a church and you love everything about it, but you haven't made one friend and you have tried three small groups and you don't like any of them, well, either you need to fix it or maybe there's yeah. a better church community for you. But, but right, I mean, the point of church, yes, there needs to be sound theology. We're coming to worship, but it's about gathering with God's people. It's not just to show up for 60, yeah. 90 minutes with God's people. It's to be, to use a term you hate, doing life with those people. <laughs> I hate that term. I hate that term. Do you not? I do. I totally hate it, doing life. Okay. Your first observation was the most important. There's so many churches. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a problem when you get into smaller geography. Totally. There's a smaller like population two base. good yeah. churches to choose yeah. from. So yeah. when I was in college and I ended up at Grace Bible Church in Nacogdoches, Texas, they had a college ministry, but it was very small. There was a really huge college ministry down the street, but they were nuts. Right. Right. So Michael Easley's sanctimonious comment, they were nuts. Yeah. And a lot of my friends went there. It was yeah. the only place to go to. And yeah. you know what? They treated college students a lot better. Totally. Yeah. So there, be that as it may, I chose to go because I needed grounding in the scripture yes. more than community. Yes. yes. And I think when I hear you say this, I think things change. I think young Christians today are more attached to community and mm. my people mm. than they are a biblical theological foundation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things that bother me about some of these churches, they don't care about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've pastor friends in town. We completely disagree on mm -hmm. theology. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a fall in their sword issue for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I love you, but you're wrong. And mm -hmm. we joke about it. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of God is bigger than, you know, one pastor, Michael Easley's viewpoint on things, but I would just say err on your weakness, not on your strength. Mm. If you really need the biblical foundation. Totally. Well, it. we all do. So yeah. I'm not saying well, community over biblical, you know, sound, yeah. sound doctrine. I'm not saying that. Well, I'm just saying. When you say find your people, I get it. You need community. You need, yeah. you know, you've heard me say all my Especially life. Especially in a new town. When you you're need, brand new, brand well, new marriage, like you got to find your people. You need other young couples. And you've heard our stories. You, you know, Karen and Gary Nelson were four years ahead of your yeah. mom and me. They saved our marriage. Yeah. And then when we started having children, Robert and Liz were ahead of us yeah. with kids, other friends in the seminary. So we always had people, our people, that were ahead of us, but they were more, we want to learn how to raise children. How do you have a family? How do you deal with adoption? Yeah. And, you know, I always said you want people younger than you, peer, mm -hmm. and those older than you mm -hmm. that you're learning from. And I do think, I would push back a little, I do think you probably find community. It may not be the community. Yes, I agree. That is this cool. Totally. Down the street. Yeah. Yeah. But little old lady who's with the Lord now named Reba Reed in Nacogdoches, Texas, I loved sitting in her little sunroom yeah. eating cucumber sandwiches with no crust yeah. on it, drinking a, yeah. a coffee out of a mug I couldn't put my finger through, yeah. listening to her talk about her life and the Lord and her ministry and at 90 years of age, That's I wouldn't amazing. trade that for right. you know a college night right. out with a bunch of guys. Right. So it's just different. Yes. Yes. And I say, I mean, out of the 20 plus small groups that I've been in yeah. over, <laughs> over the yeah. last several decades, there are two that stand out. Wow. And one was just so special, will never be repeated. Yeah. And that was yeah. Jack and Jan Cattenlet. Yeah. And it was just the most special thing. And the other, to your point, was a group of misfits. And Tyler and I were leading. And we would leave for months left going, oh, Lord, help us. <laughs> Like we, we would never choose to be friends yep. with these folks. We wouldn't, you know, and over time, God's spirit did something in us, especially, but grew that group together. I mean, we grieved when we left wow. that group wow. and 
I mean, still to this day, we look back on that group with such fondness. But yeah. that it's it's a for me, it's always a great reminder. It doesn't have to be the people that you'd want to be friends with, but if you're united by the Lord and committed to each other, yeah, and you give it time. I think God will do. Now, again, well, I've been in a lot of bad small groups. So yeah. like. <laughs> and, you know, we did the so. marriage mentor groups for years. And, you know, we had some that were just stellar. Exactly. And then we had some that were like, like oh, I right. feel terrible. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And that's the nature well, I don't, of groups. Well, and I don't think that was on. It wasn't. Well, you don't know what you're doing more. Things I think change. Just, things change. I think group dynamics. Yep. And, who's in and it. Yeah. people's commitments. Yeah. But it's a great point. And even out of that. Some of the more difficult ones, even in college, I was in a couple of men's studies in the evenings, and there was one that, you know, same kind of thing. There were guys that drove me nuts, and we became friends. Right. So right. That, that is God's kindness. And that's all part of the body of Christ. That's Who right. am I to think it needs to be this way? Right. And I'm right. the only one that has the market on, you know, how a group should be run. Right. But but I, I, I would not despise a smaller, middle-sized, healthy church Oh, that yeah. loves a young couple. Oh yeah, and says, "Come have yes. dinner with us." And we yes. got a nice, big, fancy house, and we barely got enough to pay our yeah. rent. Yeah, and there's a lot that yeah. goes on in that family of God that yeah. you know, yeah, is important. All right. Well, if you've got a question for Doctor E, call us, text us, or email us. Ask Doctor E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonamorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain. 